My name's Jo, and together with my husband Mike, who's preaching over in the Marley Hill site this morning, um, we've got the privilege of leading the South Shield site of Life Vineyard. And um, yeah, today, as Nicola said, we're going to look at the subject of faith. What is it? How does it work? What difference does it make in our lives? And we're going to do that. We're going to look at the book of Hebrews um, and chapter 11 in particular. And this is one of the last books in the Bible. And it really focuses in this chapter on faith. So that's where we're going to kind of start from and look at today. Um, I'm going to read not the whole of chapter 11, but I'm going to read quite a lot of chapter 11. Um, So you're probably best just to follow on the screens because I'm going to kind of pick in in and out a few of the verses. Um, But bear with me as we do, and then we'll kind of take it from there. So starting at verse 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise." And so from this one man, and he is good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed for those with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and rooted foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. And there were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskin, destitute, persecuted and ill-treated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. So thank you for bearing with me as I read that. It's long, but for me, it really sums up faith, doesn't it? Like, as we look at that, there's some really good stuff that happened, but also people didn't receive that promise, and there was a lot of heartache in that as well. So I thought that was a good place just to start us off this morning. So what are we talking about when we talk about faith? Is it faith that God is able, that um, because he is able, because he can do anything, that we can get what we want? Well, no. As I said, we see from this passage 
that many of these people had yet to receive what was promised, and some of them were even persecuted for their faith. So is faith in our ability then to say the right words or to do the right thing and get what we want? Again, no. Um, If that were the case, it makes our faith about us, doesn't it, and not about God. So what is it? Well, in in verse 1 of this chapter, um, it's described as confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And the NIV Study Bible defines it as reliance, loyalty, or complete trust in God or in someone or something else. So as Christians, our faith, our hope, our assurance is in Jesus and in his promises of eternal life with the Father. And, you know, we've been singing about those songs, which was, it was an amazing song choice this morning. Like, the songs we were singing were just all about that hope and that faith and that trust in Jesus. So are you curious about what your faith is in? It will be in something. It might be ourselves. It might be our finances. It could be our status, our government, a football team. But ultimately, eternal, lasting hope is found in Jesus. Certain hope is only found in him. And we experienced that, didn't we, in the pandemic, when um, our jobs, the government, our finances, our health, our status, everything got shaken up and thrown up into the air. But for those of us who believe, Jesus stood firm. He is our never-changing, our constant in all of that change and fluctuation. And when we talk about faith, we're not talking about blind faith either. By saying that this is assurance in what we do not see, we're not saying that we trust in just an idea of something that may or may not be out there, but rather we're saying that we trust in the person of Jesus, in the reality of who he is and what he's done and what he will do, both as we see him in the Bible and as we know him to be, as we have this relationship with him. And I'll explain about more about that as we go on. So you might be sitting here and maybe you're saying, okay, I get that generally about faith, But why is faith in Jesus important? I'm curious, why should I care? Well, again, looking at today's passage, we see that without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So do you want to please God? Not out of duty or force or obligation, but because he's the one that made you, he's formed you, he knows you, And he died for you so that you can have eternal life forever with him. You know, when I first became a Christian, um, I wanted to spend time with Jesus, to get to know him and to serve him. And, you know, I was living by myself. I was in my mid-twenties. I lived by myself in a flat. um, And my Fridays were for me and Jesus. It was little date days, nights with Jesus. And I'd make a meal, just me. um, I'd sit down and eat it. I'd put the worship music on. And that song, um, In Christ Alone, that we were singing was one of the ones that I had on my first uh, worship CD. Um, And I'd just sing my little heart out to Jesus, dancing around my flat, um, I must have looked crazy to anybody that was looking through the windows. Um, And then I'd get my Bible out, and I'd read, and I'd pray, and I'd journal. And, you know, those were really, really lush and precious times for me. And similar, like when I met Mike, um, and, you know, 10 years later, it's still true. um, But I wanted to please him and to serve him and to honor him, not to earn his favor, but as an expression of my love for him and of his for me. And I don't always get it right all the time. Um, And we don't always get it right with God all the time, do we? But it's about our heart and our desire and our intent. And that desire to glorify God is born out of faith. 
of belief in Jesus, in what he's done for us. Without faith, without that belief in him, how can we please him? He delights in having a relationship with us. That's what he wants. But you can't have a relationship with someone that you don't believe exists or you don't take the time to hang out with or to get to know. But when we do with Jesus, when we sit down, when we spend time with him, it makes him smile. Like he delights in it. He loves it. And it's this faith, this belief that saves us, that gives us what's called salvation, eternal, abundant life with Jesus forever. And that starts now. That's not in the future when we die. That's now. You know, Jesus died for us on the cross. He took the punishment from God the Father for the things that we've done and will do that put a barrier between us and God so that we can be looked upon as clean, as righteous, as holy. When I became a Christian, it was this acceptance that led me to say, you know, I believe, Jesus, that you really are the Son of God, that you died for me and you took all of this punishment on yourself. So who am I to say Thanks, but no thanks. This is what I want in my life, but if it's not what you want, I'm ready and I'm willing to give it up for you. We're saved by our belief and our acceptance of Jesus and what he's done, and not in anything else. Not in our actions, not in our words, not in living a good life, not in being generous with our money. You know, these things may and will happen out of an overflow of that love, but not as an act to earn our salvation. Does that make sense? Now, because of this, faith is also really freeing. It takes the pressure of us having to be in control, and it puts it onto God, who is in control. You know, he loves us the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and he's able to do what we can't, immeasurably more, the Bible tells us, than we can ever ask or imagine. So if faith is about what we place our hope and our trust in, and it's the way that we're able to receive salvation and life with Jesus forever, how much faith do we need? Maybe you're sitting here and you're kind of reading through that list of people in the Bible and thinking, well, that's all very well for them to have faith. But me, I don't have that kind of faith. I don't know that I'd follow Jesus into life-threatening situations. Well, you know, the good news is that our salvation is not dependent upon the amount of faith that we can stir up in any one given moment. The Bible says that faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains. So I think the lovely welcome team, Wayne and Christina, are just going to come around and give you a little packet with some mustard seeds in it that you can take home just as a reminder of what I'm sharing this morning. Um, I'm not sure how many we've got, so um, it might be that some of the couples will have to share, but um, please take them home. You know, a mustard seed, as you'll see if you open up the packet, um, is tiny. It's one of the smallest seeds, and yet it has the potential to grow into a huge garden plant, even a tree. So the size of our faith is not the issue, but the fact that we have it is. Jesus works with that. There's a story in Mark chapter 9 where the father of a little boy who um, was possessed by an evil spirit came to Jesus and asked for help. And the father says, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. You know, how many of us feel like that father, that we have belief, we, we believe who Jesus is, but there's also unbelief, there's doubt, there's, there's things we're not sure about. Um, I know I feel like that sometimes. So what does it look like then to practice and to have this faith? 
Well, I'd say it's not just about knowing about Jesus and believing who he is, because even the Bible tells us that, you know, the demons and the, the enemy knows that, but it's about stepping out and trusting him and following in his ways, something that they don't do. And an example of this is seen in Matthew chapter 8, when a Roman centurion, who would have been the enemy of the Jewish people, came to Jesus and asked him for help. He he said this, Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? But the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For me, I am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and this one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Then Jesus said to his centurion, go, let it be done, just as you believed it would. And the servant was healed at that moment. You know, like the centurion, our faith is not in, it's not in certain words or acts or you didn't need Jesus to come to the house, but it was in the faith of Jesus. It was in the belief that Jesus had the authority to save and to heal. He trusted Jesus absolutely, even though the social and the political customs of the time would have said otherwise. And the second thing I wanted to look at in terms of what faith looks like today is that faith is accompanied by actions. It's something that we live out. And um, I'm not going to look into it, but you can read chapter 2 of the book of James. is a really good book to kind of look at some of that in as well. So our actions, as I said earlier, don't earn our salvation. But a genuine faith does result in actions, of actions of love which lead to a desire to serve. So what does that look like in practice? Well, for me, it looked like trusting God's call to leave my job, my friends, my life that I knew in London, and to move up here nearly three years ago, where I didn't really know anybody apart from some of you guys that I'd met on Zoom. Um, But it's trusting him that he had a plan. Even when I couldn't see that full plan, it's trusting him that he's got a plan and that his plan and his ways are better than mine. It looked like when I first became a Christian, believing that Jesus really was the Son of God and that he died for me, and therefore surrendering my plans for my future to God and being willing to obey him, even if his plans were, as they turned out, to be different to the ones that I had planned. You know, I've seen friends who've kept persevering in faith despite devastating circumstances around them, knowing that Jesus really is their rock that they cling to as they, and their hope for the future. Faith means trusting Jesus with our lives, with our hearts and our actions, not just our minds and our words. It's not just saying that we believe in him, but it's putting that belief into action. It's about living our lives as a reflection of that belief and of the truth that he says about me and in the sufficiency of what he's done for me, that he is enough for my unmet hopes and desires. Ultimately, faith means that our trust and hope is in Jesus and not in ourselves or in our circumstances. So how do we get this faith? And this is my final point. Ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit at work in us that brings us to a point of surrender before him. It's the Holy Spirit who lights up the Bible and makes it real to us, who humbles our hearts to accept it. As Paul writes in his letter to the Ephesian church, he says... 
For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God. So the faith needed to be saved is a gift from God. He loves to give this gift to you. So if you want it, ask him for it. And we're going to have a chance in just a little bit to do exactly that. We also see in the Bible that God gives us special gifts of faith for specific situations that we find ourselves in. Faith that we'll see him provide or act in circumstances that are beyond our own control to change. For example, faith that he will provide what we need if we're obedient to his call, a place to live, food on the table, friends, a job, and so on. You know, if I'm asked if I'm a risk taker, I'll generally say no. Unlike a couple of my brave colleagues the other week, there was no way I was going to be jumping off the time bridge on the zip wire and coming over the time to the quayside. My hands got sweaty just even thinking about it. Um, But giving up my well-paid job in London, moving to an area I don't know, hundreds of miles from my friends and family without a job to go to, that to me wasn't risky because I knew God was in it. I knew he was asking me to do it and he would provide what was needed when I followed him. That was only possible because of that gift of faith. Without it, it would have been foolish and and looked, yeah, very risky. And as I've said, you know, our faith doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be strong. It can be the size of that mustard seed. And we can ask him for more. I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. So having accepted... um, that, that faith from God, we need to exercise it like a muscle in order for it to strengthen. In times of need, we can't just force ourselves to believe, but we need to have strengthened our faith over time. And when we do that, we've got a deep well to draw on of evidence of God's existence and of his love for us. One way I do this is to keep a journal so that I can read um, back all the things that God's done in my life, the words that he's given me, the things that he's taught me. So, you know, when I'm in that confusing space, that dark place, I can ground myself in the truth and not in my emotions or my fears. Faith is placing our complete trust in God. It's not the absence of doubt. So remember that father who said, I believe, help me overcome my unbelief. This trust and this faith, as I said, is brought on by the Holy Spirit who works in us and through us to see our faith grow. And thirdly, we have a part to play. We need to exercise our faith. We need to step out and we need to act on it so that it grows and it strengthens, like that mustard seed which grows into one of the largest plants of the garden. So for some of you here this morning, you might never have put your faith in Jesus. Or invited him to come into your life. Maybe this is the first time you've heard about how Jesus wants to give you life to the fullest for all eternity. If today you've heard about Jesus and you think you want to make that first step of opening up the door to your heart to him. Then there's going to be a prayer that comes up on the screen. um, And just say it. Say it with me. So, Lord Jesus, I confess my sins and I ask for your forgiveness. Please come into my heart as my Lord and my Saviour. Take control of my life and help me to walk in your footsteps daily by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Thank you, Lord, for saving me and for answering my prayer. Amen. You know, this, if this is your first step, the first time you've done this, or maybe you've done this, you know, and this is a rededication of, of your life to Jesus, this is a great first step in that adventure of following him, of finding abundant life, full life in him. And we would love to be able to help you start to do that really well. So please come and have a chat to myself, to David or Nicola. um, And we'd love to give you a little new believers pack and just really to support you on this journey of faith um, with Jesus. So Yeah, we'd love to do that with you in a moment's time. I've got a few other things of kind of ministry words and things like that, but perhaps the band would just like to come up while I um, just share those, and then we'll have a moment to pray and to worship. So as I was preparing for this talk, there were a couple of other things that I felt like um, perhaps some people were facing and could would appreciate kind of greater gift of faith for. I felt perhaps there were some people going through significant health issues, and I felt perhaps particularly including cancer. I felt there were people maybe here who are experiencing relational difficulties, perhaps with a parent who would appreciate prayer. And then thirdly, people who've been maybe asking God for something for a long time and it's felt like there's been no answer back and I thought that that might particularly be around a work situation. So if any of those things are things that resonate with you, then come to the front um, and we'd love others to come and come and pray you don't need to ask what's going on but just put a hand on them and pray God's blessing and gift of faith for them